Hi guys, welcome to the Not The Top 20 betting show sponsored by Black Type Bet. Our loyal and kind sponsors are still offering you, the listener, a £10 free football bet if you've not yet signed up to a Black Type account. What you need to do is use the offer code NTT20 when you sign up to Black Type and you will get a £10 free football bet for any football selection in your bet slip. You don't need to deposit in order to get it, so give Black Type a go this weekend. We've got Championship action, we've got FA Cup second round action, and if you have already got a Black Type account and you still want more from them, well, Scoreboard is the way to go. Tweet us with your picks this weekend from the Championship or the FA Cup, a game that will be nil-nil, and a game that will have over 4.5 goals. Any winners... Get a £20 free bet, as Rory McIver found out. Uh, the solitary winner last weekend. Pretty impressive to win at all, given there was only one nil-nil across the 36 games. Rory picked that, and he got the overs as well. So a £20 free bet has made its way into his black type account. George will be answering a punting-related question each week, so please keep sending those in as you think of them. We've got a good one later on, and... George, talk us through last week. A decent week, a bit like Derek Adams's Plymouth. We tend to pull out a result when we need it most. A good week. I mean, not a spectacular week, but solid across the board for both of us. Um, I think only five losing bets between us, uh, both of which were two of which were long shots. Um, and you know, a long shot's a, that's a low xG shot. Yeah, in I, mean, its I, was, nature. I was quite excited when <laughs> when QPR went one 0 up, given I had one nil QPR. Um, but that was obviously was well beat in the end in a, in a tool draw. Uh, but you, I'd argue if you're betting on a one 0 it's not good news when it goes one 0 after is. 25 minutes. It's, it's, is defi- it? it's definitely good news if your team goes one 0 up. Yeah, because okay. think you're suddenly, too early. Yeah, they scored too early. But your bet, your bet goes from being ten to one into probably what like four or five to one. So it's, fine. It's, if, if you go one 0 up, even if it's after ten seconds, it's still a good thing. Um, you a plus two point three three, and I was plus two point zero five. So just solid as you like. I feel like we both won. 1-0, basically. 2-0. Um, yeah, 2-0, probably, <laughs> given, given what they are. Um, that leaves you, brings you back into it a little bit. Minus 7.62, and uh, I'm back in the profit at 0.45 profit. But hopefully we can push forward. I feel like I'm in the championship this season. Every time I get my head in front, I start to regress back down the league again. So hopefully this time I can really kick on. Yeah, I feel like you're massively over- overperforming your XG at the moment. So as we know, <laughs> over the coming weeks, that will start to catch up with you. Um, we're going to do a bit of both in this pod, that's to say some championship picks, uh, one FA Cup pick for each of us this week. We had a couple more last time in the first round and uh, it didn't go that well for us. So we've limited the FA Cup pick to one. Uh, we'll have a championship selection and our matching focus is Sheffield United and Leeds. We'll get into that in one second. Of course, we'll have BTTS picks and a long shot each as well. George, it is Sheffield United Leeds this weekend. It's going to be a highly competitive Yorkshire derby, one that I am massively looking forward to. You've been looking at things from a Sheffield United point of view. How are they shaping up heading into this one? Okay, I, th- I think there was a massive issue with the um, with the Rotherham game. Um, we spoke about it on the on the last pod where you know, Chris Wilder came out and said they didn't deserve anything. It was a tall draw, by the way. Uh, Rotherham scored a very very late equaliser, but on the balance of play, they they barely had any shots. They barely created any chances. Um, they were battered basically all game away from home with a team who who will bite your hand off for, for survival now. So that wasn't too good. And some of the quotes from Chris Wilder in the press afterwards were interesting where he talked about how he was disappointed that his team didn't fight, didn't compete, and that's the one thing they pride themselves on. 
Um, anyone who knows Chris Wilder will, will know that in the press, especially with the Sheffield United team, he's very quick to downplay the technical ability of his players, which is frankly ridiculous given the style of football they play, mm. um, where it's, it's very expansive, it's very fluid, uh, players' positions. I mean, I, I got a text from a friend of mine who I don't even, didn't even know watches. So I watch championship football saying, why do the um, Sheffield United centre-backs end up on the wing? <laughs> um, which is obviously something he'd seen when they played live on Sky against, against Brentford. Uh, sorry, against Rotherham. Um, so that wasn't a good game. They obviously returned with a bit of a bang against Brentford. Uh, they went 1-0 down, but they certainly did fight, and I think they were good value for that win as well. Do you think um, he's overplaying the like passion side of the game and the fight side of the game? It feels like he focuses on that a lot. That can't be just... It can't be as simple as when Sheffield United fight, in inverted commas, they are excellent, and when they don't fight, they are average yeah, to Yeah, of course poor. not. I, I think that there's, there's, there's obvious technical ability in that team. Um, I think he's just very aware that if they do compete, um, you know, he's, as a player, he was someone who probably wasn't particularly technically gifted, um, a fullback who, who spent a lot of his career at Sheffield United. Um, but I think he's aware that if they do compete and if they are first to every ball, they do have the, you know, the qualities to, to impress. And against Brentford, it was a very different story. They had 18 shots as opposed to six against Rotherham. Um, Connor Washington is, is an addition to this uh, front line that was made up of, of two of McGoldrick Sharp and Clark, sometimes three. Um, but against, uh, against Brentford, neither Clark nor Sharp started the game, both coming off the bench. So it shows they have, they have real options now up front. Mm. Um, Washington really impressing. He struggled for you know, a couple of years at QPR, but he seems to be somewhere now where he's, you know, they gave him a bit of time to, to get into things and he's now showing his worth. Uh, Ollie Norwood had a terrible game at Rotherham. Um, a fantastic player for them. Uh, for, uh, for, for the most part this season really really let himself down there and he bounced back with a, with a match winning display and a goal an unbelievable goal if you haven't seen it so I guess when you have someone who, who is, has such a high volume of play go through him a bit like Calvin Phillips at times this season for Leeds when things start to go wrong um, then it's going to have more of an impact than any other player in the team probably yeah I mean he was just very very poor he was, he was poor with the ball he never really got on it he made mistakes um, in, in possession in his own half it was just a bad day at the office but he's shown that he can bounce back um this Sheffield United team are obviously much better at home as well so they'll be happy to get back uh, to to Bramall Lane um, another interesting thing as well that I flagged up which segues quite nicely into what you're going to be talking about is that they're, I mean, they're very very strong from set pieces um, and they've scored six goals from set pieces this season all of which have come at Bramall Lane uh, Leeds on the other hand not so hot at set pieces and have conceded five goals on the road um, in that method so well, before we get on to our, you know, our, our picks, that seems like a likely place where there could be some interest uh, on Saturday in the, in the early kickoff. Yeah, you mentioned Washington there. I, I was going to talk about Leeds. I am going to talk about Leeds, but I, I do wonder whether Washington might start for Sheffield United. It strikes me that Leeds, at their worst this season, were being hit on the counter by West Bromwich Albion, who were just executing those counter-attacks so quickly and, and using uh, a bit of pace to exploit the space. And Washington probably, in fact, definitely uh, the quickest of those Sheffield United strikers. So it could be Washington from the start. If Sheffield United think that Leeds will have the lion's share of possession, which they have in most games this season, Leeds averaging 59% possession, which is the most in the league. There was a lot discussed about how Bielsa's style of football is not similar to got to uh, heavily possession-based football because he looks to move the ball uh, forward quickly or as quick as possible 
Um, but actually, even so, uh, Leeds are still enjoying the majority of the ball in, in most of their games this season. Uh, they've scored the most goals from open play in the league this year. Uh, they've only conceded eight goals from open play, which is the second best record behind Middlesbrough. And in terms of their away record, while they're very strong at home, they're not bad away from home either. The third best away record in terms of points per game. And they are really leads in pretty good form. Uh, The loss against West Brom was so eye-catching, was so extreme, that I think it it probably took more of the headlines than uh, than perhaps it, it needed to. It's four wins, one draw... And that one loss against West Brom in their last six games. Uh, in that time, they've beaten Reading, Ipswich and Bristol City to nil and got that great win away at Wigan as well. So it has been a good run of form in terms of results. I think f- just from watching Leeds in the last few weeks, they're, they're not always creating as many chances as I would want them to, given how much of the ball they have, given how much generally they are dominating play. Uh, but uh, yeah, and we haven't seen a performance like that those games early in the season against Derby or against Norwich. A, a lot of those, you mentioned at the time, you know, that they were, they were scoring goals from long range. They were finishing chances at a, at a very high rate. So that's just tailed off a little bit. But in a very good position, Leeds, clearly a very, very good team. Uh, and, of course, having to deal with regular and disruptive injuries. Which leads me on to something I wanted to touch on. Calvin Phillips. Uh, it's crazy to me that Phillips is only 22 years old. He seems like such an established senior figure in this Leeds team. Uh, and in midweek, he played centre-back against Reading. Uh, we know him as a, uh, as a midfielder, lately a much more deep-lying uh, midfielder, basically a half-back um, in, in sort of footballing terms, dropping in uh, between the centre-backs to play out from the back. But he played at centre-back on the, on, in midweek because of Janssen's injury and was fantastic. Uh, he's, a, he's actually a very good tackler his tackling stats are are fantastic and and in that game he made his tackles he made his interceptions he won his headers everything you'd want in a centre-back and he still was able to make his usual passing contributions as well so it's a great option for Leeds to have against bottom half teams Um, it can sort of give them an extra midfield player while retaining Phillips uh, in that role Uh, also interesting from a non-Leeds fan point of view you might not have noticed this but Samu Saith such a talented player hasn't started in the last five games he did come on at half time uh, in midweek after Lewis Baker got a surprise start over him and Saiz um, playing well in that second half so we might see Saiz uh, is this the game to bring him back in from the start possibly not but I, I, I would hope to see him I think that would certainly pique my excitement my excitement will be through the roof if, uh, if Phillips does play at centre back if Saiz comes in for Baker and Clark the youngster for Alioski I think that could could make this a fantastic team. I like Pablo playing on the left with Douglas overlapping. Saw them combine well for the goal on Tuesday. So I'm actually feeling pretty good about Leeds heading into this one. Roof up front. Some some Leeds fans aren't loving him. Some Leeds fans are loving him. I personally think he's perfect for this team. I think his movement uh, in the box is is very, very good. He was unlucky not to be on the score sheet in midweek. And I think, you know, he will continue to score goals uh, as long as Leeds continue in this vein. So I, I, I wanted to get Leeds on side here. Um, I'm going to pick them, draw no bet for this game at Bramall Lane at 23 to 20. Uh, I just think that if they play at their best, they're still the best team in the league for me. Uh, At their very best, they can win any game. If they play 7 out of 10, I still think that they can get the draw and we'll get our stake back. Um, So really, I'm just hoping they don't chuck it away like that West Brom game. I'm sure they would have learned from that. Where are you going for this one? Yeah, well, I, I was going to side with Sheffield United, but I've just got a little inkling in my mind knowing how good this Leeds team can be. 
I think the, the focus of both teams will certainly be going forward. I think we've seen that Leeds have, despite such a good start to the season defensively, have got a bit of a shocker in them. Um, as we saw at West Brom, I think Sheffield United's home form really is special. Um, we've seen them put four past Wigan, three past uh, Preston, four past Villa, and that's all since September. Um, at Bramall Lane, they are a huge force. And, and they only, the only times they've dropped points was the nil-nil draw against Sheffield Wednesday, which anyone who watched that game knows uh, how well they played and how much they deserve the win. Um, I think this is going to be a really tall order for Leeds. But having said that, they do create chances that will. I think Saiz coming back into the team is important. However, I was surprised to see that Sunday marked the one-year anniversary of Saiz's last league goal for Leeds, which is quite something. He very nearly scored midweek, but uh, but he is going through a barren run in front of goal. Mm. Um, another weird stat as well is that Leeds have failed to get a penalty in 57 consecutive games, Yeah, um, which is somewhat bizarre Conspiracy. Uh, especially uh, maybe not enough touches in the box eh? but, uh, <laughs> but yeah so I, you know this is one of those where I think the price is probably about right I think that Sheffield United are rightful favourites but I do think Leeds have something about them um, we've seen as I mentioned Sheffield United score plenty of goals they've only kept two clean sheets at home in their last five despite winning three of those games so I'm going for goals based bet and especially and also as I mentioned I think that Sheffield United will cause Leeds real problems from set pieces so I'm going for over three and a half Ooh, goals nice. I was going to do over two and a half for Sheffield United but I do think that Leeds have enough uh, about them to trouble them and um, we've seen both Brentford and Rotherham score two goals against them in the last two games so over yeah over three and a half at 11 to five with black time Nice, that would be fantastic. We're all hoping for a, a scintillating game with lots of goals. It'll be fascinating to see how brave Bielsa is with his selection at Bramall Lane. In recent weeks, he's been selecting that extra midfield player instead of Saiz, so Forshaw, Click and Phillips playing. But uh, he might be forced, if Janssen's still injured, to keep Phillips at the back and go with a sort of 4-1-4-1 like we saw at the start of the season. George, where are you looking this weekend for your best bet for your nap across the EFL slash FA Cup? Yeah, it's, it's a tried and tested method. It's taking on Sheffield Wednesday. Um, <laughs> it's Blackburn to beat Wednesday at 10 to 11. Uh, Blackburn certainly in no fine form whatsoever, it's fair to say. Um, some of what Tony Mowbray said in the press uh, shows that, that they are a bit, at a bit of a low ebb. Um, after the defeat to Wigan last night, he said there might be another four or five changes at the weekend if that's the performance level, to be honest. So he's obviously not very happy. Um, but it's still, you know, it, their home form is still very, very good. Um, you know, they, they beat Leeds at home just three home games ago. They beat QPR at home. Uh, these are all kind of recent results. Uh, they lost Sheffield United, no harm in that, but that's the only loss they've had this season at Ewood Park. So despite the poor uh, results we've seen away from the state, away from home, I still think there's enough about them to get past the Sheffield Wednesday team who despite winning 1-0 against Bolton, really laboured to that win. Again, looking back at manager quotes, Phil Parkinson said that they controlled the, 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 a lot of the game. At the start of the second half, I thought Forestieri coming on gave the crowd a lift. So Forestieri's return could be important to them, but he goes on to say, <clears throat> on the night you could sense there was a lack of confidence from Sheffield Wednesday. I felt the game was there for the taking tonight. Our goalkeepers hardly touched the ball or had a save to make. That is Bolton who've scored two goals in their last nine games and who have not kept a clean sheet in nine basically saying that they have had one chance and they've taken it and their keep hasn't had a save to make I still think that Sheffield Wednesday are in dire dire straits at the moment and I'd be surprised if Josla Hukai is still there uh, long into the new year um, I think this is a great game for Blackburn there will be one they're, they're relishing one they're looking forward to um, in terms of trying to get back on track 
Um, as I said, it was just a couple of weeks ago they were beating Leeds at Ewood Park. So at, at 10 to 11, I think it's, it's basically too good to be true. Despite the poor performances, I, I don't think that there should be a massive shift in terms of, of goal advantage here um, after those results. And I'm pretty sure Blackburn in this fixture just a couple of weeks ago would have been a lot shorter than the 10 to 11 that we're going we're to be getting. My nap is another team that's 10 to 11, another team whose first half of the team name is Black. It's Blackpool for me in the FA Cup on Friday night. They're going to Solihull Moors. That was uh, a bad segue, that one. I think. Terrible. <laughs> one of my worst. One of my worst ever. Um, but we don't promise absolute quality, but we do promise passion. And uh, let's hope for a, a good nap from me after a loser last weekend, which really would have made my week. Uh, Blackpool against Solihull Moors on Friday night at 10 to 11 with Black Type. Uh, Blackpool, I think, are a good League One team. Uh, They don't concede many goals. They've already shown cup pedigree this season, obviously doing well in the Carabao Cup, playing a great game against Arsenal in in reality and and being unfortunate to lose that one in the manner in which they did. They've They've kept 10 clean sheets from 19 league games, so... Defensively, very solid. Ben Hennigan and Curtis Tilt at the back, a a fantastic duo. Uh, Attacking options, not always consistent, any of these players. But in Dodu, in Delfonso, Nondouye, Cullen, they do have players who can and will score. uh, And we've seen them do so, all of them this season and and in recent weeks as well. Less so Cullen, but uh, Dodu last weekend was fantastic. Nondouye is their top scorer. Delfonso, uh, a fairly consistent performer at this level uh, Jay Spearing of course in midfield with Jordan Thompson uh, that's a midfield duo that I like so I think they're a good solid 7 out of 10 League 1 team uh, probably will end up just outside the playoffs they're playing a, a team two leagues below them who are just inside the playoffs Solihull in 6th place they've been on a fantastic run of 24 points from 11 games in the league but in that time just looking a little deeper they've, they've only played two teams inside the top 10 um, and nine teams outside the top ten. So Solihull, they've had a good run of fixtures. They've made the most of it. They didn't have a tough, tough first-round game against Hitchin. 1-2-0 there uh, against the team uh, leagues below them. I'm not an expert on the National League, uh, as we know from the first-round picks, which didn't go so well, but my research leads me to believe that Solihull are in a slightly false position in the National League. So we're basically looking at two divisions worth, two leagues between these teams, um, I don't think when we look at the National League in two months, Solihull will still be sixth, put it that way. So I think they're going to lose to Blackpool. That's my nap. Uh, one fun fact about Solihull is that Tim Flowers is their manager, which you already knew by the nod of your head, and, National League expert. And Daryl Eels is on their board, ex-Oxford owner. Daryl Eels is on their board. That's and also, nice extension of the Tim Flowers fact, Harry Flowers plays in midfield. Now you might think that's nice slash that's a bit of nepotism, but no relation. Harry, no relation to his manager, Tim, but he is the grandson of former England and Wolves hero, Ron Flowers, World Cup winner in 1966. My favourite Flowers as well. Exactly. Actually, no, Tim's my favourite. Peonies I, I are brief, my... I was brief, briefly a Blackburn fan back in the day, so... Oh, nice. <laughs> Peonies are my favourite favorite Flowers. Um, yes, Solihull, they're going to lose to Blackpool on Friday night. That's my nap, uh, 10 to 11, with black type bet at the moment. So now I'm going to ask you for your FA Cup pick, and then I'll give you my championship pick. Um, Chesterfield, Grimsby... Um, it didn't pay for me to get against Chesterfield last time in the FA Cup, but I'm doing it again. I can only assume that the Grimsby price of 15 to 8 is because of their poor away form, uh, which is shocking, to be fair. Um, they have been really, really poor on the road. Um, having said that, their last two games have been much, much better, taking a lead against Mansfield and going down 2 1, so nearly getting a valuable point, and then going to Sixfields 
and getting a point drawing 2-2, um, which is a really, really good result because Northampton are positively purring. Um, Fantastic win in midweek as well. And then putting five past Tranmere. So if you're looking at their last few games, they've actually, in all competitions, they have uh, put five past Tranmere. They've scored two away at Northampton. They've beaten Crawley in the league. They've scored three against MK Dons at home in the FA Cup, showing Michael Jolly obviously is going to take this competition pretty seriously. And given how poor they were at the start of the season, there's not a chance he's going he's gonna to lie back for this one. This is a huge game for them to maintain their winning form. A lot has been said about Chesterfield in recent weeks. I know the winless run is in the league because obviously they beat Braintree away from home in, in the replay. But for Martin Allen, this is getting pretty perilous now. Mm. They are winless in 19 games in the league, um, although they are unbeaten in 12 in all comps. Absolutely extraordinary. But the winless record in the league is a club record. It is threatening their, their, their national league status. This is a team who in League One, uh, if we were sitting here two years ago, um, it's really, really desperate times for them so mm. as I say I, I think Grimsby have turned a corner putting five past Tranmere is going to show going to show this to the team who who you know are obviously full of confidence and I think at 15 to 8 I, I just I, I can't really understand the idea that the Chesterfield are, are the likely winners here is, so, the, is the draw like evens or two on or something because Chesterfield's no, draws, record of draws draws is... 23 to 10 if you want to get on that I mean I'd, I'd always argue that it's a pretty terrible value because it just can't continue. Oh, yeah, of but, course. But, but uh, <laughs> my point being, they have drawn, is it 11 in a row now in yeah. all competitions? Absolutely remarkable. Not at all they beat, because they beat Braintree. But, um, sorry, they beat Billericay. Uh, so, yeah, Grimsby at 15 to 8. The black type is my, um, my, my FA Cup tip. The other, the other one I was going to flag, uh, but I'm not putting any tip towards it, is, is Maidstone, who play on a plastic pitch, which is obviously very helpful. Um, they, they've beaten Leighton Orient and, uh, and league opposition in the last round as well. So they've obviously got something, you know, playing at home and uh, and a bit of a run there. And they're about five to one, I think, to beat Oldham, who I think could probably do without this. Macclesfield is who they beat in the first round. So Maidstone, worth a, a deeper look, I think George is saying there. My championship pick is Bristol City to beat Millwall at home. 21 to 20, so just the friendly side of even money. Uh, Millwall's away record this season is even worse than you might expect. They've played nine, drawn two. And lost seven. Uh, they they were meant to come back from the international break with renewed vigour, with renewed optimism. Steve Morrison was on EFL Matters, I think, the week before last, uh, or maybe last week it was, and and it, it seemed like you know they were grateful for the break and they were going to come back at it with, with home games against Bolton and against Birmingham. Uh, we sit here on the other side of those two home games. They made hard work of getting a point against Bolton last Saturday. And they offered very little against Birmingham from what I saw last night, losing 2-0. So um, bad vibes have got even worse, I think it's fair to say, at Millwall. And it feels like that style of play that um, summed them up so well, that contributed to their success last season. You know, I don't want to sort of slam it too much, but it does feel like it's been found out somewhat that teams feel a bit more prepared to play against this Millwall team. Um, and no tweaks uh, that Neil Harris has gone with so far have been successful. So they travelled to Bristol City. Of course, all has not been well there over the last uh, five, six weeks or so. They've been on a poor run. Uh, that is not surprising to us, is it, George? We know that Lee Johnson's teams are as streaky as they come. Streaky um, as bacon. Yes, yeah, streaky as bacon. But, uh, you know, as well as the bad streaks, they do put together good runs. So a midweek win against Ipswich, I'm hoping will be a turning point for the sake of this pick. Uh, Jiju got a goal which was much needed Lee Johnson called him 
the, the most or the biggest confidence player we had, which I think is not really a compliment, but hopefully will mean that he'll go in to this game with some confidence. Bristol City, my pick in the championship at 21 to 20. So that leads us with, leaves us with BTTS picks and long shot picks. George, which one do you want to go with first? Run us through your BTTS, perhaps. Yeah, BTTS um, is an odds odds against BTTS, which is kind of why I'm doing it, because I, I, I assumed when I was looking through these that it would be more likely than not. But it's Nottingham Forest against Ipswich. Um, this isn't just some knee-jerk reaction to to both teams having, uh, what is it, 15 goals in their two games last night. Um, between the two, obviously, Nottingham Forest having that ridiculous 5-0. And it's fair to think that Ida Cranker is going to be on the training ground today and tomorrow doing defensive drills until <laughs> until the cows come home. We're so committed to the split between the pure betting show and the and the only, and the betting free Monday show that we haven't even mentioned. I know. Up till twenty but the twenty fifth minute. If you want to know Aston Villa five, Nottingham Forest if you five. Think, if you want to know what we think about that, oh yeah. Get on the EFL Matters tonight, seven o'clock, Sky Sports Football, and I'm sure That's we're much Thursday. more likely to be talking about, um, about yeah, sorry, about five alls than uh, whether we think that Maidstone are good enough to be Oldham in the <laughs> FA Cup. Um, but yeah, so it's 21 to 20. Um, Ipswich are, well, since Paul Lambert's come in, um, it's been, I guess, positive, but we've seen BTTS land in all four games. Um, they are not looking particularly good at the back, but they are, have learned how to score goals. And I think that's important. I think even though they're not picking up points now, I think Paul Lambert drumming into these players how to be a, a cohesive attacking unit can only serve them well in the future. Fix that and then go back and fix the defence rather than the other way around. Um, on the other hand, um, Joe Lolly and Lewis Graben, um, we are massive fans of and they were rampant. Um, I cannot see a way that Nottingham Forest do not score in this game given the, the goals that, that uh, Ipswich are conceding. Um, João Carvalho is now looking like the player that we weren't sure he was, but it looks like he is um, on a fantastic run of form as well. So it's pretty simple, this one. I, I think Nottingham Forest are a bit of a banker to get on the score sheet here. So you're basically, in my view, getting a decent price on, on Ipswich to score. And given that despite only picking up two points in four games, they have scored six goals in those four. Um, I'm happy to take those odds. So 21 to 20 BTTS at, uh, yeah, at Forest versus Ipswich. My BTTS is another odds against shot BTTS no in Plymouth against Oxford at 21 to 20 back into the uh, FA Cup yeah this Ooh. has been uh, this has been double dipping quite uh, well, I wouldn't go as far as to say lucrative but it's been successful for me in recent weeks uh, and it's quite statsy as these bets tend to be Plymouth have seen BTTS no land in eight of their last 13 in all competitions uh, Oxford have seen BTTS no land in nine of their last 13 in all competitions. From a Plymouth side of things, uh, not many attacking contributors outside of Freddie Ladapo, who seems to veer from the sublime to the really quite poor. Um, and Oxford, as we know, have been very competent at the back over the last six to eight weeks. And the attacking players improved somewhat over recent weeks. More goals being scored, certainly. Better goal-scoring record, but by no means irresistible. Of course, um, you know, one four-goal haul against Rochdale does not automatically mean that they are now an irresistible force going forward. And I think, you know, away from home especially, uh, where you might see a little less of the ball than you do at home, I think that, uh, you know, the, the lack of that really deadly number nine can can hurt you somewhat. So uh, BTTS no in Plymouth-Oxford is my BTTS pick at 21 to 20. 
Lastly, the long shots. Where are you going for this one? Championship or FA Cup? Carrow Road. Um, it's Norwich against Rotherham. I think Rotherham are starting to really impress mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're not really getting the, the points that they deserve. I think they deserved... I mean, maybe that's a payback for the win against Swansea, which they certainly didn't deserve. Um, but they were seconds away from beating QPR the other night, um, which cost me a few quid as well, annoyingly. Um, they should have beaten Sheffield United, but did well to get a late point. Um, both those games were um, at home, but their away form, whilst they're not winning, isn't bad either. Um, they've taken points from Blackburn, Preston and Middlesbrough all in recent weeks as well. They're not necessarily turning these results into wins, but they, I think, are proving that they are a cut above maybe the other teams who are struggling, the likes of Bolton and Ipswich. Mm. Um, Norwich, on the other hand, have been rampant. We, we've spoken about them so much and, and it wouldn't be a shock to see them rack up a bit of a score here. Having said that, Rotherham have been largely solid. Ever since that first game at Griffin Park, you almost think that was the best thing for them. They, they realised what they were in for and they've, and they've massively solidified now and, and they're not conceding many goals. And when they do get beaten, it's by the odd goal now. So, yeah. Norwich have put in a, a pretty abject display against Hull from, from all the reports I've, I've read and from what I've seen Hull were actually probably the, the more likely winners if, if someone was going to win that game except for a very poor miss late on um, by Leitner I think it was hmm. um, uh, Tribal I think it was. it was Tribal exactly it was Tribal so the, it's a speculative one and, and I'm, I'm bored of, of tipping up long shots that end up hitting the crossbar because it's a draw so I'm going to shave off a bit of the price and tip up Rotherham uh, draw no bet at Carrow Road at 9-2 Nice. Uh, my long shot is Wigan to beat Bolton by a scoreline of two goals to nil at nine to one with black type. It's hard to exaggerate just how bad Bolton are at the moment. The performances have been horrendous. The results have been terrible. The atmosphere is poor and pressure on Phil Parkinson grows by the day, grows by the match. They are dire going forward and they are simply not as good at the back as we expected them to be based on last season, based on Phil Parkinson's um, sort of philosophy, based on Phil Parkinson's attitude towards uh, setting up his team. Uh, They famously, Bolton, had 10 points from their first four games this season. And since then, they have seven points from their last 15 games. So seven points from a possible 45. They've lost their four, their last four home games to nil. And it, there's no positives. I really genuinely can't think of, of any positives. Uh, for Wigan, uh, they got a good win in midweek, of course, against Blackburn. Their away record, we know, is, is really, really poor. But I still think that, despite that, going to Bolton doesn't represent, you know, that, that, that sort of... Uh, the boost that home teams get and the flip side for away teams seems to be null and void when it comes to, to games at Bolton. So for Wigan, Nick Powell, he keeps limping off. He, he, he started last weekend and limped off. He started in midweek and limped off. That's pretty standard now for Powell. It's, it's such a shame that his, his body sort of lets him down because he is still such a fantastic player. But it seems like that might be uh, something that will plight him for the rest of his career. But regardless, I think that Josh Windass this season has been a, um, a real positive for Wigan. And I think as a replacement for Powell in that number 10 spot, Windass is proving himself to be more than competent. So I don't think they lose as much by Powell being out or potentially being out as, uh, as many teams would. And yeah, I just think that 2-0 at 9-1 to with Bolton's extremely poor 
um, home record and with Wigan's ability to win games with Wigan's ability to, to score goals I think is a, a good price so Wigan 2-0 at 9-1 to I'd love to win a long shot because it would uh, it's been a while put it that way and it would be hugely valuable to my season stats George just to finish before I round up the bets we're going to ask you a punting question we have one from Leicester that I'm going to ask you last week we talked about uh, whether uh, it's a, a bit of a burden that uh, that the bookies are now so hot on the XG stats and how they do often price up their games accordingly. Lester asks, do you ever bet against the stats with, say, a hunch or a feeling about a p- particular selection? Or are all of your selections strictly based on form, data and value? What say you to that? Yeah, I mean, this is something I'm, I'm having to try and explain to people quite a lot on twitter at the moment that that an understanding and a, not a reliance but a, but an acceptance of the of the value of stats doesn't mean you don't understand you know football it, it, it they go hand in hand it's, it's trying to understand better what goes into a winning performance so the stats can tell you so much it can tell you trends it can say how a team is performing how their performance levels are, are dropping or increasing but at the same time you, you it will spurt out in itself value areas but that you can't be someone who has no knowledge of, of football and and well, i mean you probably actually could if you could get on early enough and a much enough money but it's important to, to understand you know circumstance as well you know you often hear me on the betting show going through manager comments because that's important you're understanding what frame of mind the manager's in what frame of mind the players are therefore going to be in what's going to be happening to them after the game um, the the ambitions of the manager and things like that. So you've got to take other things into consideration as well as you know, team news is huge. Um, Forestieri coming back for Sheffield Wednesday was was almost enough to put me off that bet. So you know the stats are, are helpful and and should I, I still think it should be your first port of call when you're making your informed decision. But you know that you've got to put in uh, circumstantial um, situations as well. Otherwise you're, you're kind of missing the point. Uh, so yeah, I mean that, and that's something. You know, I got I got told yet again yesterday that football's not uh, it's played on grass and not spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> it's a good line, but the uh, but but people have to realise you know the spreadsheets uh, they come from what happens on the grass, and it's it's important to to acknowledge them whilst also keeping an idea of what of what's actually going on behind the scenes. So it's it's a bit of a wishy washy answer, but but it's you know the, the stats are important, but keeping on top of what's going on is is equally so, and you've got to marry them together. So not necessarily a, a hunch or a feeling, even if you're not necessarily just using the data but as Lester's asked, you're, 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 you're still making sure you have well, I, all information available. I wouldn't, you know, if my hunch was that I looked at a team and I was like, whoa, didn't know about that one today, then not, obviously not. But if the hunch is based on, you know, Tony Mowbray coming out saying they're going to make four or five changes and, mm. and, and you think that they're going to bounce back, then, then absolutely. Yeah, I suppose... It's a question of semantics, what you believe to be a hunch. I guess I was yeah. thinking that was just sort of a feeling in your stomach. No, I wouldn't do that, no. I wouldn't, <laughs> I wouldn't, I wouldn't bet on, uh, you know, bet on Barnsley because they're wearing their third kit. <laughs> <laughs> Good stuff. Well, thank you for that, George. Thank you for your questions, guys. As ever, please get in touch at NTT20pod if there's anything you'd like to hear George answer. Just to rattle through our selections for this weekend, please do let us know what you fancy, both in the Championship and in the FA Cup. And, you know, there are many of you playing along as well and and uh, matching 
our picks and our categories with the same of your own and we love that we really enjoy seeing how you guys are getting on as well so um, please do get involved not too late to start doing that just send us a tweet uh, George's picks this weekend his nap is Blackburn Rovers uh, his FA Cup pick was Grimsby his long shot was Rotherham draw no bet against Norwich his BTTS pick was yes in Nottingham Forest against Ipswich and his match in focus pick in the Sheffield United Leeds game over 3.5 goals something I think we can all uh, cheer for there my match in focus pick was Leeds on the draw no bet market and uh, my my nap for the weekend in the FA Cup Blackpool on Friday night against Solihull Moors in the championship Bristol City at 21 to 20 at home to Millwall my long shot Wigan to beat Bolton 2-0 at 9 to 1 and my BTTS pick, BTTS, no to land in Plymouth against Oxford at 21 to 20. Those prices are all with Black Type Bet, who sponsored this podcast. You can get a £10 free football bet with Black Type by signing up using the code NTT20POD. We hope that this weekend you'll give that a go if you haven't already. Make sure you get involved with Scoreboard. I explained how to do that at the top of the podcast. That's it from us. Catch us on EFL Matters this Thursday night at 7pm or on Catch Up throughout Friday. And until Monday's podcast, that is it from us. 